Welcome back to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, and your streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Coming up on episode 42, guys, we've got a new look, new sound, new segments, a lot of new exciting changes going on on the show, and it starts this week. Kicking the show off, we've got Brandon Scooby Robinson. Happy birthday to Brandon, who's celebrating his birthday on Thursday. The senior writer of Heavy.com and host of Scoopy Radio Podcast is joining the show to talk about The Last Dance. Now, Brandon has had the chance to talk to current and former NBA players, so he's sharing their perspective on The Last Dance, his thoughts, as well as some players that we got to see in the documentary that we just don't talk about enough. Some of the greatest to come to the league that are underrated players. And then in our Positive Vibes Only segment this week, we have Way from Brooklyn, New York. He's also our featured artist of the week. He's had the chance to work with some of the greatest in the music industry, including the late Fred the Godson. So he's talking about his career, his music, sharing two incredible songs that you'll enjoy, and also what's next to come for his career. Now we also have three new segments. Yes, three new segments. We've got Will's Update with Will Morgan, where each week he's going to be reaching out to and connecting with former guests of the show. This week, starting things off with Tracy Murray, the former NBA player and coach that had the opportunity to play and coach with Kobe Bryant. So he gets into his relationship with Kobe. Also, since Tracy Murray played in the NBA during the 90s and got the opportunity to play against Michael Jordan and the Bulls, we're talking about his career winning a championship in 95 with the Houston Rockets and his thoughts on the last dance. Another new segment, we've got Grant's Quick Takes, where Grant Swinton will be running through the latest sports topics that are going on around the world, across all sports, all different levels. And then there's Spilling the Beans with Michaela McEnough, where Michaela will be spilling the beans on all of the latest news, entertainment, music, gossip, whatever is going on around the world on that side of things. So I'm excited to bring you another new episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington as the show takes an exciting turn with some new changes. So here it is, episode 42. Sit back, relax, and enjoy all the sports, news, music, entertainment, and topics brought to you this week on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. It's time to go beyond the headlines Cause I don't put in overtime just so I can headline Okay, now it's Fox Sports, I'm live with Renee Going hard every day, sports rapping every play Different segments for your favorites Coming at you daily with positive vibes Yeah, we some game changers Basketball, football, soccer With different interviews, you never know who may pop up Listen, only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines This is Beyond the Headlines <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Joining us now on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, we've got the Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. He is the host of Scoop B. Radio Podcast and also a senior writer of Heavy.com. Brandon, welcome to the show. What's up, Chief? Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm excited to get into a topic that I have been looking to find the right person to break this down with, and you are the man. So before we even get into the greatest players that we never talk about, um, I'm curious to know your new normal around COVID-19. Um, same as same busy as was before. Um, I think the only difference is I'm not on the road as much. I'm not traveling. And, but I think the power of just relationships, um, picking up your phone, 
um, and making things happen uh, is a good thing. You know, since uh, COVID-19 on the Scooby Radio podcast, um, you know, this is available on all platforms. You know, we, we've had anybody from Shaquille O'Neal uh, to Stephon Marbury uh, to Kenny Anderson, Kendall Gill, um, Scott Morrell, who was a member of the Bulls, um, not the last dance Bulls team, um, have all come on the podcast. It's a ton of people. Scooby Radio on all streaming platforms. You know, has been, has been doing well. We've definitely seen an uptick in, um, in traffic, and um, you know, it's a good time to be alive. So I, I'm thankful um, for the time to kind of get things moving in a different way, but in a creative way. And you know, basketball is something that you know has brought a lot of people in the community together. Uh, and, um, just being home, bored in the house, and the house bored. Yes, I mean that's that's the greatest thing is although we are in this new normal it's forced so many of us to have to think outside of the box you know like think about how you're connecting with your audience and the type of content you're putting out and the types of stories that you're talking about because we don't have live games we don't have the ability to just go out and go to press conferences or go to have these interviews in person it's now forcing us to think differently which is not always a bad thing um and so of course with that we've been watching the last dance unfold now i would love to get your initial takeaway i know you were on with two bolt with colby white and with ryan archidiacono talking about the last dance i'm curious to know your initial takeaways from the from the series what you saw um that really stood out to you i mean if there's even one thing to pick but your main takeaways from the incredible series that mj and espn dropped i have to be transparent one of the things that um is, is cool for me is um, you know, I actually grew up while Michael Jordan was doing his thing. Uh, I fell in love with the game of basketball in 1991 when the Bulls won their first championship. Uh, my stepdad is from Chicago. He grew up down the street from uh, the old Chicago Stadium. And um, for me, I was around that Bulls team during the 97-98 season. Um, and, and so to me as a kid, being 12, being around that team, versus now being blah, 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 years old now, <laughs> I feel like um, it gave me some clarity as an adult. You know, some of the, like I didn't understand how they just knew that this was the end, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you go back and you show the Jerry Krause dynamic telling Phil Jackson at the beginning of the season that, you know, I'm not renewing your contract. And then the Scottie Pippen issues as it related to his, his, his contract. And, you know, for, just to give you all a refresher, I mean, he signed a seven-year, $18 million contract. In retrospect, that seems absurd, right? But then you look at 91, um, the Bulls won their first championship. Who knew that they were going to have the dynasty that they had? Who knew Michael was going to retire and play baseball? Um, some of those factors just are unfathomable. And when you look back on it, it's like, oh, um, I think the thing that I enjoyed also was how they highlighted, um, you know, although it was the 97, 98 season, you had to go back to go mm -hmm. forward. So you look at when Michael retired and he played baseball and how Scotty Pippen led that team. Uh, I, I spoke to Scotty about that uh, last season. And one of the things that he said to me was, you know, that team was built to be successful even without Michael Jordan. Um, and then you saw how Tony Kukoc came into the fold and then Kern you know, all those different factors you know, that went into building. And, and, and I just think to go back and understanding it as an adult, I, I pretty much knew enough 
um, just growing up watching the Bulls and being around the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But to go back as an adult and kind of see it from being a man's perspective or, or being a grown man and having that perspective, I think, was rewarding um, in and of itself. The Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan dynamic, um, I knew. Um, I know Isaiah. And it's funny because during the whole last dance thing, he and I had been texting back and forth. And, you know, I was giving some perspective on various things. So I, I think um, I appreciated it. And it, it was it was insightful. And it was Every Sunday, I, I said this the other day, you mentioned I spoke with Kobe White and Ryan Archie Diakono um, <clears throat> on a, on a, a video conference through Zenny Optical. Um, the thing that, that's, that's interesting to me, and I said this to them, it's almost like the last dance and basketball at large is soap operas for men. <laughs> yes. It gave somebody something to look forward to every Sunday night at 9 p.m. in Eastern Time. And, you know, that's such a great point that you bring up, because I know for me, having watched in my in my youth, I grew up watching MJ and watching games. But any games that Michael Jordan played in, I was born in 92. So I was watching them as hardwood classics. I was watching them afterwards. So I was watching him. I knew about him. But to see as you talk about to see the interviews and hear everybody's stories and and hear all the behind the scenes comments and discussions and things that we didn't get a chance to see because it wasn't a, a, a social media time. It wasn't a time that was, you know, allowed us to have the, the ability to go behind the scenes and see what's going on. It changes your perspective so much. So as you mentioned, like you hear what Jerry Krause decided that the bulls are going to be changing after 98. And it's like, why? But now we had a chance to see it from a different perspective and see everything play out from right. high school and, and his youth days for Michael to, Steve Kerr and his dad passing to, you know, Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jack, all their upbringings and things that they went through. So it was beautifully done. Were there any pieces of that that really stuck out to you as, in a sense, surprising? Like maybe you knew about it, but you didn't know, as you talk about, even with Jerry Krause, you know, it was like, you never knew the depth to it. You never knew just, you know, as much as what we had the chance to see in the last dance. No, I don't think it was anything that really surprised me. I think that um, uh, it was kind of just a, a refresher course, if you will. I think a lot of people were surprised at how competitive Michael was. Um, during my journey in journalism over the last four years, I had a stop at CBS, and um, I had a bunch of people who would come on and would basically tell, like, old war stories about Michael. So, like, um, I remember a guy coming on uh, the show – and basically talking about how Michael Jordan would score 48 points on Jerry Stackhouse while singing and And, you know, for me, that was kind of funny. Um, what was he singing? He was singing Anita Baker's Giving You the Best That I Got. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> while, he was, while he was destroying Jerry Stackhouse on the basketball court. I love that. So, you know, stuff like that is funny and, and, and you know, um, you're hearing stories about how um, Michael just was, was ruthless. Like, um, you kind of saw it in the, the last two episodes where, you know, when the Bulls beat the Pacers and Larry Bird was the head coach of the Pacers and, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan met, him, met with him in the tunnel and F you, F you to B. Like, it was just, it was, it was just this, this how... He communicated how he talked, um, 
And, you know, like these guys are, are people, you know, I think people sometimes lose sight of that. But Michael was just so uber competitive in my lifetime. The only person who I've been around that was, and I can think of off the top of my head, um, other than Kobe, who has been just super competitive is Alan Iverson. Um, I mm. sat with him at a poker table before. And uh, excuse me, a blackjack table, and uh, he's very competitive. He doesn't like to lose, and that's I think that's a trait that I that I see in a lot of guys. Charles Barkley's uber competitive. I haven't been on a blackjack table with him, but you know I, I know him and I've heard stories about him in that regard. But um, Michael, everything was a competitive game. Even like I think you know in the back with the security guys, yes. game, and I think you know it, it just it was it was cool to watch. Um, and I don't think, like I said, there's anything that surprised me, but it was good to kind of relive that. Yeah, and I think for you, the advantage you had is, as you mentioned, like you've had conversations with like Scottie Pippen, you've had conversations with people around the Anita Baker story, which I didn't even know about. That song's classic, by the way. Um, You had those, yeah, love it. You had those conversations and that insight that a lot of people did not have. So I know there were a lot of people that were like, oh, I, I didn't know this. I didn't, like, they were surprised. And I'm like, no, we, we saw this. We, we knew a lot of these stories, maybe not in depth and as much uh, that behind the scenes aspect, but we knew about these things, you know, way back when it happened and, and today. So um, you had the advantage of having had these conversations with people that allowed you to have even more insight. So that is, that is tremendous. And that definitely helps. <laughs> And I'll add, I think Michael benefited from not playing in a social media era. Yeah. Um, because it would have just been a different ball game. Um, but I think that, you know, oftentimes there's a, you know, who's better that debate and, you know, you know who, who did what. And I'll say to you that being in a locker room as a kid and being in a locker room as, a, as an adult, I see so many similarities between both generations. I think a lot of times they say the older generations say, well, all these young guys, they're friends. They're yeah. Friendly. Um, I, after watching that documentary, I mean, what's the difference between shaking hands after a game and going over each other's house versus like playing golf the day of a game? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Magic Johnson told me the story a few months ago about how, you know, you saw that game where Michael Jordan hit those six threes against the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, people sometimes in text, they would keep a tweet, they go, Jordan Shrug. And you kind of saw what the Jordan Shrug was. And yep. comment. So Magic told me this story about how um, the night before that game, um, Michael was playing Bidzwiz at, um, I guess, at the hotel or at Michael's house, one of those places. It was Michael, it was Michael's dad and Magic. And Magic and Michael's dad were just in the card game as Magic told it. And, you know, Michael just wanted to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And Magic's like, Michael, don't you have a game tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, but I'm not leaving until, like, I beat you. And at that time, Magic was doing the broadcast on, on uh, NBC, the NBA on NBC. And so finally, I guess the next day happens, and Michael's, like, raining threes, like six threes in a game. And after one sequence, after he hits that shot, that last, I guess that six three, over Clifford Robinson, Michael shrugs his shoulders. And if you look at the camera, he's looking at the scorer's table. He's looking yep. at Magic's position. And Magic says that Michael shrugs his shoulders as if to say, well, damn, if I can't beat you in a card game, at least I can get my six three-pointers off on the basketball court that night. And, um, you know, that, that moment is, is pretty cool when, you, when you're kind of 
given the oral history of why that happened the way it happened. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So a lot of backstories, I think, that I've learned um, just about Michael in the last four years, um, as well as Kobe Bryant, just the level of competitiveness mm-hmm. and the difference between each of their level of competitiveness. So I, I think it's, again, it's pretty cool um, to kind of, you know, look at this, this documentary and learn some things, but also be reinforced on some things as well. And that's, that's exactly it, because we saw the flu game that everybody was like, is he hungover or is it the flu? You know, it's like, no, it's neither. You know, you saw the, the, infam- the famous drug that is now like a gift everywhere that people don't really know the story behind. So we had the opportunity to hear and clear up any misconception, hear it straight from MJ, straight from the people that were involved to, to really get the true story. And I love the way that we got into his gambling. We got into politics. We got into um, the time he went to Atlantic City and his his family story with his dad passing and, and everything, even the dream team and Isaiah Thomas. You know, we got to see and hear about everything and we got to hear different perspectives. It wasn't just Michael talking. You know, you heard Magic talking. You heard Isaiah talking. They were able to weigh in on it too. So that's what made it just so powerful. The, the, the Brian Russell part, portion of it at the end. With the yes. Oh. I'll tell you what, the one thing I think I was surprised about as you're kind of giving me a refresher, I'm still like breaking it down, but um, the whole myth of Michael Jordan and the suspension. Mm, Yes. So the way that uh, some journalists that that are prominent who who I consider mentors have have shared with me, uh, I'm told uh, in years past that it was almost like an unwritten rule or like you know, there's been talk that he was being investigated and, you know, the NBA told him to cool off uh, for a little bit and as they kind of figure out what's next. That was what I always knew to be, mm-hmm. I guess, urban legend or unwritten be known or whatever. Um, Michael tells a different story. Um, and I think having the, da- the late David Stern's perspective in the documentary, excuse me, the late documentary, the, or in the, the actual documentary, um, in addition to Michael speaking his piece about playing baseball, you know, I kind of stopped paying attention to Michael when he was playing baseball. Right. I, I know he batted about 200 or 225. Uh, and I know there was this media circus when he was there. Um, I think I got to reprocess because I was like eight or nine years old when Michael retired the first time. Um, but, you know, that was the talk that, you know, Michael had, his dad had a gambling debt. That's the way that I mm-hmm. heard it past and that that had something to do with his dad's death. I don't know. <laughs> Drop my drink. What? Um, Careful over there. You're getting into it. You're knocking things around. <laughs> For sure. But I, I feel like, you know, that, that was something that I learned and, and got some perspective right. on. And um, yeah, I mean, the Isaiah Dream Team stuff, Isaiah and I had talked about that. Um, I knew about that. Um, the Rodman stuff I knew. The mm-hmm. thing that was interesting that they didn't was Rodman and, and the dynamics of his relationship with his daughter, Alexis, which I knew. Um, but I'm glad that they talked about, um, I guess, the transition from Detroit to San Antonio. Yep. One of the other reasons San Antonio was he didn't have a good relationship with David Robinson. Uh, I was mm-hmm. told that um, David Robinson and, and and Dennis Rodman had a Pepsi commercial that they were supposed to be filming, and Pepsi sent them a private jet 
um, to pick them up. And the whole ride on that jet to where the, the destination was to take that um, commercial, Dennis didn't speak to David once. Dave, Dennis <laughs> didn't like David And um, it, it was almost like he didn't understand him, but to be, he was. Um, to have as many accomplishments as he had to be in the service. Dennis didn't, from what I've read and from what people that I've spoken to, Dennis felt that David Robinson's work ethic was lacking. Mm. So he had an issue with David Robinson. Wow. Wow. I, you have, yes. You have some great stories and, and things that, you know, even with the, the David Robinson and Dennis Rodman, um, that flight like that nobody knew about. But I think as you're, as you're talking about all this, you know, that is what made this so powerful is because there have been, whether it was why Michael left to go play baseball or what happened when Dennis Rodman went on that 48-hour vacation, there's been all these miscommunications and misconceptions because we weren't living in a social media time. You know, if social media was prevalent back then, people would have had Dennis Rodman from flight to Vegas to hotel to the Carmen Electra. Like, we would have got all that. But because we didn't have a TMZ and people with phones they could just pop up and take a video of you you know or tweet or whatever you know there were things that we didn't know about that now through this series you know we were able to in a sense michael and everybody involved we were you were clearing the air you were you were setting the the rumor straight you any rumors any confusion was laid to rest and clarified you know everything from start to finish. So that's something I was like, this is beautifully done because Michael's not an outspoken person. He still isn't, you know, this is the most we're going to hear him speak and he's not going, he's not going to talk like this ever again. Um, this is the most we're ever going to get from him. So it's like, we finally get to hear it from him specifically from everybody involved in the scenarios versus just what people around are maybe saying. So yes, there is something though I want to get to, that I noticed as I was watching The Last Dance and as I was watching the, you know, they, of course, they weren't just focusing on, on the, fi the final season. They took us through Michael's journey. So along that, we got to see different people, um, whether it was Patrick Ewing and whoever, you know, different players that we don't talk about a lot. And that when I, I know I was watching, I was like, oh, yes, I loved his game. I love, you know, how do we, how do we not talk about him more? So I'm, I'm curious to know, and you can just give me a few. We don't have to go through a lot. There's plenty of talented players over the years. We always get into the GOAT debate, LeBron versus Michael, Kobe versus Michael. But we forget Kareem, Wilt, Magic, Bird. I mean, there's so many players that have come to the league over the years, Stockton, Karl Malone, that we don't even talk about as much as we should. We don't pay them. We don't put respect on their names, so to speak. We don't talk about them as much. So who is someone that you maybe you saw in the last dance or – that you've covered or you've had conversations with that we as basketball fans may in a sense take for granted and not talk about as much as we really should because of their talent being in a sense overlooked. Well, you know, I had this conversation with Shaq a couple months ago on the Scoopy Radio podcast about how to kind of put what you said in a frame. Um, why? So the question that I asked Shaq was, in an era where Michael ruled the 90s, um, pretty much, do you feel as though guys like Reggie Miller and, mm -hmm. and Hakeem Olajuwon are overlooked? And Shaq kind of framed it perfectly when he said, um, think of it like McDonald's. He goes, I like Big Macs. He goes, but when you look at the McDonald's, that's, that's, like that's like the 
signature sandwich on a um, McDonald's menu. He said, but then look at the other McDonald's menu. The rest of it, you have McNuggets, you have filet fish, you have um, a grilled chicken sandwich, fried chicken mm-hmm. sandwich, a myriad of other things. He goes, that's the beauty of the NBA. You have all these different sandwiches and under the umbrella of this great corporation. He goes, so yes, Michael was the man. He was the man. But then, you know, you have Kobe. You know, the 2000s was his era, respectfully. But, mm-hmm. you know, Reggie Miller was also a shooting guard like Michael. So Michael was the premier shooting guard. Clyde Drexler, you know, was, yes. was, was doing his thing in Portland, but he wasn't Michael. You know, Charles Barkley. I, I think Charles Barkley, um, I think what he did on the basketball court, the way he bounced the ball, I think his size. I mean, he's six six foot four um, and was you know heavy heavier than most small power forwards but he played bigger and he went toe-to-toe with the Robins and Charles Oakley and more play he also had guard skills um so I, I think when you look at the end even from the center position like you talk about Shaq right so or I talk about Shaq look at some of the other dominant centers that were there you had David Robinson you had uh, Hakeem Olajuwon you had Patrick Ewing um you, you had you had brilliance, and then you look at the power forward position. Carmelo was one of the best power forwards to live in that mm-hmm. era. You know, some and Duncan is definitely very accomplished and probably one of the most dominant power forwards there was. But in that '90s era, you had Carmelo, you had Charles yep. Barkley, you had Rodman, you had Charles Oakley, you had Sean Kemp. Um, I just think that there was just a level of of just that was the golden era of basketball. Just like the that era was the golden era of hip-hop. There was just a synergistic flow um, of just great players um, that I think a documentary like that makes you appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the guys that are, are, are heard of. Like, you'd be surprised, like, going to retired players association events and, you know, bumping into guys like Dave Cowan, who, who played for the Celtics, legendary player, and then I said to him, man, you're a legend. He goes, who, me? He's like, how, do you, how the hell do you even know who I am? And it's like, because <laughs> I watch basketball. But there's right. so much talent that, that that's just in basketball sometimes that can be overlooked. But I think the best way to to, 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 to commemorate those guys is, you know, if you're a writer or, or you have a podcast or your videos, you know, you, you, you talk to those guys because those guys have stories. They may not be the Michael Jordans. They may not be, and Dave Cowles is a legend in and stuff, but like those guys have stories. And sometimes the bench players, he's not a bench player, but the bench give you the best stories because they can say things that the, that, the, that the star or superstar or the legend can't say. So uh, I just think we've been blessed with a game that 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 got so many layers to it. It's very soap opera-like, if you will. So I love soap opera. I love that. Um, but no, I mean, that's as you touched on with so many different names, you just rattled off that we we literally haven't Oh, we, we don't always get the chance to reflect on the, the 90s Pacers, Rockets, Knicks, you know, the, the, the Utah Jazz with Carl Malone and, and John Stockton. You know, we don't always talk about them because, as you mentioned, the, the Big Mac of the league was Michael Jordan. He was, the, he, he was the face and has always been, since he stepped into the NBA, been the guy that everyone compares everything to. You know, it always comes down to Michael. 
So he set the bar higher, but there have been so many talented players that have come to the league that I know one of the greatest things I loved about the last dance was, as you talk about, the ability to see everybody again you know like you get to see and I was I was like oh I used to love that Pacers team and and love Reggie Miller and watching watching uh Mark Jackson and, and all these different play players Jalen Rose like I'm like wow it takes you back right because we don't we don't remember we don't really talk about them enough but that is also a lot to do with the fact that they weren't living in a social media era so now we can go on social media and there's videos of and highlights of all these players, there's interviews, there's story, you know, we can catch anything we want about any player we want. So it is, it's, it's, you know, a shame because as you talk about the night, the nineties and the early two thousands for music, for sports, that was, that was a, an era. That was an amazing era. And it's, it was an a, era. It was a, it was an era. Go ahead. It was, it was, a, it was, it survived as those young folks would say. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I, well, I'll add is um, even so throughout the documentary, or Michael would talk about you know access he needed to grind certain guys, and I remember the the series the Bulls had you know back to I guess the Washington Bullets, and you'd be amazed at how many younger people. You know, I'm not the I'm not the type of guy to be young shaming, but how many people did not know that the Wizards used to be the Bulls? And, why, oh, and, and then that's a whole conversation about why yes. they changed their name because there's a Washington. Or the Seattle, yeah, <laughs> or the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> to, to give you a point of reference, the Washington Bullets, they changed their name because Washington, D.C. had a high crime rate. They didn't want it to be synonymous with yep. shooting. The Seattle Sonics, you know, was a team that moved to the, that is now the Oklahoma City Thunder. So mm-hmm. we have a conversation about the Seattle Sonics um, that's a whole separate conversation for somebody 14, 15 years old. But then, in, you know, many people may not remember that Ray Allen played for the Seattle Sonics at one point. So, you know, when you look at that, that's one thing. But then it's interesting um, because with the whole LeBradford Smith thing, where it was a story about how LeBradford Smith was talking yes. about and they had a back to back, once in Chicago, once in Washington. And then what happened was, um, Tracy Murray, a guy who I had on the Scooby Radio podcast. Oh, I love Tracy Murray. The people, but like that's where guys like Tracy get to shine, where he can, you know, they show clips of the Bulls playing the Bulls, and then you see video of Tracy. And Tracy is a guy that has a wealth of stories. He was on the podcast and talked about the Michael Jordan Dome. I had been talking to Charles Barkley and Tracy Murray about the Jordan Dome back in like um, September, October, mm-hmm. um, because. You know, I was on the front end of the whole Mike, the whole LeBron James and Space Jam back in 2018. Yes. And how, you know, that was coming together, Space Jam too. And so just, just you're reliving things and, and you're able to, I just think we're in an era where we're retroing a lot of things from the 90s now. Like, yeah. and it makes sense. Like, even from the perspective of this summer with the whole coronavirus pandemic, you know, if the NBA playoffs and, and everything was going on, um, Nike was supposed to unveil or re reupholster um, the Little Penny commercials. Uh, yeah. Penny Hardaway and retro shoes. Nike was going to do a whole rollout campaign with Scottie Pippen and his retro shoes, and, and even Adidas with Tracy McGrady and, and, and you know, uh, Derrick Rose. So I can tell you that just those conversations would have tied perfectly had the last dance started in June. Yes. There were a lot of things that were in the works that, you know, COVID-19 changed. 
I didn't know they were doing Little Penny. Okay. That, I was just watching the, the Orlando Magic 30 for 30 the other day. And I was just like, it, it is a great time now to relive those, the, those days of, you know, players and teams that we may have not talked about as much recently. So it's, I hope that we still are going to see some more stuff roll out that was going to happen this summer because we need it right now <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but look, Brandon, where – go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, where can people follow you to keep up with all you've got, Scoop B, and all your sports coverage that you're doing regularly? You're out there getting some great stories, great interviews. You know, you, you're doing big things, and it's, it's, a, it's great to watch. So where can our listeners follow you to get more? Well, thank you first and foremost. If you're doing, check out the Scoopy Radio podcast, uh, which is available on all streaming platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, at Stitch App, or simply visit scoopybeatradio.com. You can also check out all my written work uh, at my premium letter at heavy.com. You can check out my work at heavy.com. Um, and that's it. Follow me on Twitter, ScoopB, Instagram, and Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. You're in there like swimwear. <laughs> Yes, yes. And hopefully we'll be back to sports suit and then we will be in there like somewhere watching and talking about live games. But I appreciate it. Scoop B radio podcast. Check it out. And of course, all that you're doing online with your, you know, whether it's your written work or your social media presence. But yes, in there, hopefully sooner than later, we'll be getting back to live sports. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for taking time to join Beyond the Headlines with Renee watching this week. You're incredible in, in the insight that you bring. So it's been a pleasure having you here on the show. Renee, thank you for allowing me to be myself. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. You too. I hope you are all enjoying this week's episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, especially the new changes to the show. I have been working so hard for weeks to bring these new changes to light. And I want to give a thank you to my team, the people that are around me that are, have made this possible, especially Rocky, Courtney, Rocky, Wade, the man that does all of our voiceovers for our promos and also has helped to create the intros for the segments for this week. So I also want to take this time to introduce our featured artist of the week. You'll get to hear from him in our positive vibes only segment, hear more about his career and his music. But we've got Way from Brooklyn, New York, who's going to be sharing two songs this week on the show. The first song that he's got coming up for us, Distinct, featuring Shay. And then also later you'll hear another song from him featuring the late Fred the Godson called Figure. So Way, let our listeners know who you are, where they can follow you, and a little bit about yourself. Yo, yo, what's going on? It's your boy Way, representing Brooklyn, New York. I'm a rapper and I'm a songwriter. I got a song out right now on all streaming platforms featuring the late, great, rest in peace, Fred the Godson. You can follow me on all streaming platforms at Way, W-A-E. You can also follow me on Instagram at Grandson of Best Star. Let's get it, baby. Yeah. 
you need me just like I'm Matthew Snake up in your apple, the evening has got you rattled Hand up in your bag and I'm bagging, bagging your raffle Sacking on your back and your back is never a hassle The castle is not a rookie, retire jersey like Snooki Like flicks and watching a movie, a movie within a movie But baby, you're not a groupie and baby, that's why I love you I give you breakfast in bed and you love them kisses and cuddles, yeah Looking in your eyes and my eyes glare, going stare Climbing up the pedestal, pedestal, going stare Moonwalking, Freddy stare, my way, Freddy's here Even out the eyes, eyes with all the eyes it's you predict I'm sucking on your toes. Nick of time, call me Derek Handy, you the rose. I ice up on your mannequin, mannequin is froze. I make it rain, dear babe, you're my red nose. You feeling in the feeling, my feeling, feeling the feeling. Never getting know that I told you, Boja, I'm winning. Finishing them kids and them kids, it's then it's the menace. Getting way younger, my youth years replenished. I'm sick, I'm sick of winning. I spit it, spit it, the realest. It's spit it, spit it, the trillest. It's spit it, spit it, the illest. I did it, boy, did the mission. They cruising time and ignition. I'm writing, writing, the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing. Out of you and me, scooter to the game. Let me teach your philosophy. Odyssey, I'm far from the stars. Yeah, Odyssey, Mamba Deep with my queen, babe. You're my pride of pride. What's up, everyone? Renee Washington here, and thank you so much for being tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to follow the show every Wednesday for a new episode starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. Will. Yeah, he knows everybody from the show, and they always keep him in the loop with what they got going on nowadays. I thought you knew. You got to check out Will's Updates. Welcome to Will's Updates. I'm Will Morgan with Tracy Murray, former NBA champion with the Houston Rockets with the UCLA. And you had a 50-point game back in 98 against the Warriors. You also played in the 90s against the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Could you expand upon those two instances? Well, I'll tell you what. The 50-point the game was... 
a special night, you know, and, and anybody that's known my history all the way through high school knows that I had a lot of them. But what makes it even more special is that it was on the NBA level. And, and what happened with that was the, we were shorthanded. The Wizards yes. were shorthanded. We were coming up all-star break. Guys were hurt. No Weber, no Howard, no Marison, no You know, wow. I mean, our everything was our talent. Our roster was depleted. Wow. So we only had seven guys. So we had to uh, sign Lawrence Moulton that day. So we at least went to war with eight players. I remember Lawrence. And he didn't even, yeah, he didn't even have his jersey. He had like a number like 51 <laughs> jersey with a no name on the back or something like that. That's how, that's how we had just signed him, right? So he didn't yep. know any plays or anything. So we're, we're really going to war with seven guys that, that knew each wow. other. And, and, and most of us, you know, some of them didn't play. Like it was a young Ben Wallace, you know, and and Terry Davis, and of course uh, Rod Strickland was was running things, you know, with him at the point, and with me and Kyle Cheney out there, you know, he you have a chance of winning, you know, because also you got to give the Warriors some credit too, because their their roster was depleted as well. So, you know, it, it helped that that. You know, both teams were going to war with with a depleted rosters. So it, it gave me an opportunity to really step up. Now, how was your time playing up against those 90s Bulls? And what did you think about the last dance? Well, I mean, what I, the, the 90s Bulls, I mean, that 72 and 10 year mm -hmm. I was with the Rap Raptors that year, we were one of those 10 teams to beat them. Um, so, and it was amazing how in tune those guys are with each other. Yes. Uh, how, how much they knew each other like the back of their hands, how hard they played, how disciplined they were. Um, we caught them on a good day. You know, uh, <laughs> it was a Sunday afternoon game, you know, after, you know, keeping them out all night. Yeah. In Toronto, <laughs> and Toronto was one of those cities, top, you know, top five yes. in the league. When, top five in the league when it comes to nightlife. So, <laughs> You know, we had, you know, a special little party thrown for them, and Toronto's finest was up in there. You know, cigars <laughs> were flowing, alcohol was flowing. So it, it, it was, uh, you know, we slowly trickled out because we knew that, you know, we had to come ready. Yes. And uh, that party lasted for a while. The guys were trying to recover, and then the game starts because it was a quick turnaround, afternoon mm -hmm. game. So we caught, them on, we caught them at the right time, and, <laughs> and they still almost beat us. It was a .5 seconds from Jordan knocking that bank shot down or else we wouldn't have won. So uh, we played our best game of the year. We always matched up pretty well with them. It sounds weird that an expansion team matches up with them well, mm -hmm. but we lost all of our games, you know, within nine points to them, the, the two games prior. Mm -hmm. So, to you know, we, we had confidence against those guys, and we all had a lot to prove. We're young and hungry and Yes. We had David Stoudemire, who had a great game. He had 31. I had 23 and 12. Oliver Miller played great. Jonathan even played well. Doug Christie, Alvin, uh, Alvin um, Robertson. I mean, we all played really well. And it, it took that type of effort, the Carlos Rogers. You know, it took that type of effort for everybody to play well for us to win. Those were some great names you just rattled off like that. I remember almost all those guys. Wow. Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, yeah, we were all like brothers, man. And, and we, we played extremely well together. And we were young. Everybody, with the exception of Damon, 
and Jimmy King, you know, they were rookies, but everybody else needed a second chance, especially right. as young guys. You know, we needed a second chance to stay in the league. And, you know, that expansion teams, both of them couldn't have come in uh, at the right time. They couldn't come in at a better time. <laughs> Now, I want to ask you a little bit of more somber mood. Um, we lost Kobe and his daughter, yeah. Gigi. Yep. What were some of your thoughts about that, as well as his impact on the L.A. Lakers and the game? Well, I played with Kobe and Coach Kobe. Uh, I was uh, his last year when, when the, um, the tour was going, the farewell tour. Um, I was a, an assistant coach, uh, shooting coach for, yes. for, for the L.A. Lakers at the time. And – to have played with him and know how he is as a player and how he pushes you and how, you know, if you haven't played with him for a long period of time, there's a lack of trust there, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, he's, he's playing for championships. He's playing for a legacy. He's playing for a passion of the game. One of the hardest working players that I've ever played with. Um, and, you know, probably the second hardest working person I've seen on the other side of Jordan you know I mean Mm. he pretty much had the same blueprint he had his phone number he asked him he hired you know people that that worked close with him to work with him too so you know here's a guy that's similar size similar ability similar game you know similar work ethic so you can see why he accomplished so much as a player and then now fast forward to his last year Byron Scott who was his veteran as a rookie is coaching him. Mark Madsen is an assistant coach who was our teammate back when we played in Another 2003. Right. And then I'm on now added to the, to the coaches and staff and I played with him as well. So Kobe had more in common with the coaches than he did with the young fellas on the team. He kind of didn't identify with them. He tried to teach them. He tried to mentor them. But, you know, the young fellas, is, you know, they don't, we were all young at one time in the league. We were all yes. on our own page. And we were all thinking the veterans were maybe a little too old to identify where we were going. So he hung with us a lot that last year. You know, so it was really cool to see Kobe the man, Kobe the father, you know, and the relationship he had with his girls, the girls coming to practice with him, um, seeing the girls mature from when they were babies. You know, it was it was cool to be around that see Vanessa again, you know. And then, you know, fast forward to the helicopter accident. I was playing. Yeah, I, I was playing and not playing. I was about to broadcast a game in Oregon. UCLA was playing Oregon. I'm mm-hmm. a radio announcer for UCLA. And, and I get a call from Mark Henry. And, and um he said, man, uh, I heard Kobe pass. I'm like, what? So I called him and, you know, the, the phone was acting funny. So, it, it, you know, it's almost like the phone was kind of dead or made a, 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 some type of noise that, you know, that it, was, it, it didn't go right to the voicemail, you know, like, right. like if he had his phone off, you know. And then I started hearing rumors that Rick Fox was on the airplane. So I called Rick Fox. His phone was ringing. So I knew that he was okay. Um, made my calls. I called Byron, called Shaq. Everybody's calling each other, trying to figure out what's going on. And, and we were all, you know, circled back with each other later once we found out. But when I, I couldn't accept TMZ being the source, you know. Yeah, so I, had to, I agree. I had to keep digging. I had I to agree. keep digging. 
And then when ESPN came up with it, it uh that that that's when I had to grab my coffee because I found out at Starbucks across the street. I had to grab my coffee, go into the darkest um, area in the in the arena and just you know shed a few tears, man, because this was like totally unexpected. And then think that all of those kids and and, their, and a couple parents and the coaching staff they're all headed to a, an AAU game. You know, and I called my wife that morning and I asked, you know, about the fog. This was after I found everything. I was probably the halftime of our game. I said, was the fog really that thick this, that, this morning? And she said it was about as thick as milk. So, it, you know, it's kind of hard to fly in that type of situation. I miss Kobe to this very day. I, I found out. Because I, I used to text with him, too. You know, every once in a while. You know, I have guys' numbers. I don't bother them. I just text them every now and then. How you doing, my brother? You doing good? How's the family? That's yes. it. You know, just, yes. to, just to keep tabs on each other. And and now to not be able to do that, I mean, when I saw the video of Gigi before this happened, and I, I, I said, man, she's in your bag. You know, like, she's looked like a little mini Kobe out there. You know, she's mm-hmm. got his moves, you know. And he just kind of lol the situation, you know what I'm saying? I said, I see you guys working, and then I just left it at that. I just said, Happy New Year, my brother. I'll be in touch. And then I was—I never thought that that would be the last time that I would text with him. I never thought the last time I saw him yes. would be at his his daughter's volleyball game, her 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 last volleyball game of of high school career. So I never thought that that would be the last time I saw him. And that was only like a couple of months before the text. Mm. And that was man. Natalia's volleyball game. Mm, man, he, he will sorely be missed. Now, I do want to ask you one more thing. Uh, last time you were on with us was September 25th of last year. What have you been doing since then? Just uh, being daddy. Um, went through the, the, the um, UCLA season until the Pac-12 tournament was canceled. Yeah. Um, I was also doing ABC7 in Los Angeles. Uh, I was doing the Slam Dunk shows, uh, which had um, Michael Cooper and Norm Nixon, also our analysts on that show. And I would exchange dates and then do work with both of them on, on two different occasions uh, on a Saturday or Sunday after NBA games. It's the post game right before the news. Okay. So I, I was also doing that as well. And, um, you know, just doing that and being daddy, you know. So. Like I said, I'm a single father, so I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Tracy, I want to say thank you for taking the time out to joining me today on Beyond the Headlines, work with Nate Washington. Well, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having me. Take care, and I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, my friend. And I'm going to remind all the fans of the show out there that you can catch us every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern right here on Fox Sports. And you'll be looking at Fox Sports 96.9 FM and 1340 AM. You can also find us everywhere you can hear your podcast, both on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. My name is William D. Morgan. I will see you guys next week right here with Will's Update on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Take care, everyone. All right, everyone. I hope that you guys are enjoying this week's episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I just want to take this time to remind you that you can join me each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time for a conversation on my Instagram at Renee P. Washington. I'm going live every week for a chance to talk about the show, get into what's going on in sports, around the world, around the coronavirus, just any single topic that you want to get into 
we can chat about it. And as always, you can join the conversation. That's right. Request to join me live. Hopefully I can see you and hear you. So make sure you're prepared. You can always ask questions, give feedback and comments. Let's chat. Wednesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on my Instagram at Renee P. Washington as we take the show live for Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington to Instagram. I'll see you guys there. Grant's Quick Takes, covering the sports highlights in a few quick minutes. Yeah. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Grant Quick Takes here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. You can find me on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, for more of your quick takes on Fox Sports 96.9 FM and 1340 AM. On today's segment, we have a couple of things that we're going to cover. We're going to cover Antonio Brown potentially going to the Seattle Seahawks. That would be pretty interesting seeing him on the 12th man, you know, with that fan base in a culture change, you know. And then we got Colin Kaepernick status changing in the NFL from retired to free agent. Now, let's talk about Antonio Brown and this Seattle Seahawks business. Potentially going to Seattle. You know, a lot of fans are happy about that because you know why? They're a star quarterback, they're a franchise quarterback, Super Bowl champ. Russell Wilson saying he would love to have Antonio Brown. He would love to add Antonio Brown to the roster. Now, you know, the Seahawks seemingly want their offense to be the focus of the team in 2020. You know, Russell Wilson loves the idea of Antonio Brown to Seattle. Should it happen? But no, it shouldn't happen. Now, the fans of the 12th man, don't be fooled. Your Seattle Seahawks have loaded up on offense in 2020, period. Clearly, Seattle thinks getting their offense. Now, let's talk about Antonio Brown and this Seattle Seahawks business. The way they should is the way to win the Super Bowl. You know, Seattle has added Greg Olson and Carlos Hyde and remade their offensive line, which is great for them because they didn't have good offensive line play like that. But Russell Wilson wants more and would love the idea of Antonio Brown playing for the Seahawks. Now, Wilson said in the beginning of this offseason that he wants more weapons in Seattle. I do not think he meant only offensively, but Seattle did add Olsen and Hyde. And then side Philip Dorsett as well. Dorsett signing seemed to be a request of Wilson, but Seattle hasn't added any top in the talent and defensively. So this is probably what Seattle thinks it would take to win in 2020. But now let's do some hypothetical play here now. Like, let's pretend and say Seattle adds Antonio Brown to play alongside DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Also, because of Brown's off-this-field issues, let's pretend that Seattle signs him for cheap. And let's also pretend that Seattle brings back Josh Gordon, who has consistently has off-the-field issues. Now, both Brown and Gordon would sign for not a lot. You know, both players will have to have the NFL welcome them back, which is, I can see for Gordon case, but for Brown, no. The reason why I say that is Gordon was suspended again last season and needs to ask for reinstatement and hopes, you know, he can come to the NFL quickly. I'm pretty sure he will get back because he's been through this process before, but Brown hasn't. Brown hasn't faced any discipline for his sexual allegations and might not even be able to play if the CX. Seahawks trying to sign him. So, should the Seahawks sign him? No. I wouldn't waste my, you know, money on it. Even though it's for cheap, I could get something way better 
on the defensive side of Seattle and called it a day. Now, let's switch gears to Colin Kaepernick. The NFL lists Colin Kaepernick as retired and changes him back to a free agent. So what does that mean? This is what happened. The week, this week, the NFL redesigned his website and designated Colin Kaepernick as retired on his player page. You know, I didn't know that. No one else knew that. But his girlfriend, Nessa, did. She took notice and she mentioned the league in a tweet. This is what she said in her tweet. The NFL, the NFL commission, and the NFLPA lying on their website claiming Colin Kaepernick retired. Colin did not retire. You cowards blackballed him because he peacefully protested against police brutality. He's a Super Bowl quarterback and should be playing because his stats show that. And she posted a picture of the NFL website with his name, number, position, former team, and it says retired. Let's give this queen a, a round of applause because, man, she is sticking up for her man, and I'm loving it. Now, Kaepernick did not retire from professional football, ladies and gentlemen. But it's hard to see him get another opportunity in the NFL at this point. You know, the quarterback will turn 33 in November, and he hasn't played in more than three years. His last live snap was in January in 2017. You know, late last year, the league organized the open workout for Kaepernick, took everybody by storm, and even took Kaepernick by storm. It took him off guard. He responded by not showing up to the showcase at, you know, the Falcons facility. You know, it's holding his own personal combine at a different location in Georgia. You know, the the NFL originally worked out repeatedly would have seen executives from 25 teams attended at the new location. Attendance was sparse. So it wasn't really a lot of people there. But afterwards, Colin Kaepernick camp sent footage of the workout to all 32 teams. He looked good to this day. I still am impressed about that workout. But, you know, there was no bites, and it's hard to imagine that his chances of landing a deal have improved. Still, Kaepernick says he still wants to return to the NFL. So, Colin Kaepernick still in the news. Everything is going, you know, still the same with Colin Kaepernick. And I hope for the best for him and his family, and hopefully he can get back into the leagues in some form or fashion. That concludes this week's segment of Grant Quick Takes here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. You can find me Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern for more of your quick takes on Fox Sports at 96.9 FM and 1340 AM. All right, everyone, it is time for a quick social media break. That's right. I want you guys to make sure you are following Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Be sure to also follow my personal pages at Renee P. Wash on Twitter and at Renee P. Washington on Facebook and Instagram. That way you can keep up to date with all the guests and topics each and every Wednesday right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify for every new episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I hope you followed, like, comment, leave some feedback it's all welcome and i hope that you are enjoying the show so right now we're going to get back to it with our positive vibes only segment go somewhere else with that negativity it's positive vibes only (laughs) 
Joining us now on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington in our Positive Vibes Only segment for all the big things he's got going on in the music industry. We've got Way from Brooklyn, New York, a songwriter, rapper, man that does a lot of things. What's going on? Welcome what's to good, South. baby? What's going on? What's going on? I get right, I get, get right. You good? What's good? What's good? How you doing? I am good. I'm happy to have you here. I'm excited to talk about all the great things you got going on. Um, let's just start off with your music. You know, like what? Actually, no. Let's not start off with your music. I have to ask you a question I've been asking everyone. I've been slacking for getting asked some people. What is your new normal around COVID-19? What do you have going on? Wow. Well, other than I got a pen, I got my pad right here. Other than writing music, uh, I do Sudoku. I'm not sure if you know what that is. I love that game. Oh, you love Sudoku? Yes. All right. So I do Sudoku. I, I did like three books already. But interesting enough, a lot of people do the regular Sudoku. I do 3D Sudoku. How do you do 3D? I always say Sudoku, by the way. I never actually know how to pronounce it, so I don't know. How do you do 3D? Yeah. All right, so you know the regular one? It's like a chessboard, right? So okay. a chessboard, all right, it's eight by eight. But this right here is nine by nine, so that's okay. 91. Nine by nine, 81, and you keep going 81, 81, but it makes it a 3D like in a Rubik's Cube. But then in the 3D, it goes... In the 3D, it goes 3D into a dimension. What? That sounds hard. Yeah. Seems that sounds that sounds pretty hard. But that's definitely something that getting your mind going and like and yeah, it sounds like fun though. I'm gonna have to check that it out. Keeps you, it keeps you going. Now the nine by nine, which is 81, I say 91. The reason why I say 91 is because when you go into the 3D dimension, dimension. When it's normally one inside of each box, it makes it nine plus the one, which makes it the 10. So the 81 turns into 91. It's, gotcha. it's hard. It's, it's weird. It's weird. All right, then. I'm going to check that out for sure, because I need something else to add to what I'm doing. Um, all right, let's talk about your music. You know, you, you have been pumping out content, making music, you know, doing big things. I see you on IG all the time working with other artists, whether it's even just having a conversation with artists to promote them, whatever it is. Um, you know, what's really been the inspiration behind your music as of late? Well, to be interesting enough, I started in 2015. And now when I started in 2015, I don't want to get too much of the details, but I was doing pretty good and I had a good segue but then I took four years off because I started looking at J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and Drake. And I said, I want to be as great as those guys and Big Sean. And in order to be great as those guys, I need to take like a whole school semester, which is year by year, four years, mm -hmm. to study my craft and become great. So I took four years off of music. And I'm just coming back out now. And I feel it's time. So I took four years off, came back out now. I didn't lose any of my followers. I think I had about 1,000 followers. So when I came back out the top of... 2019 in January, then I came back in July, I had a thousand followers. I started going up by posting out music, posting out different content. Yeah. Without dropping any music, without dropping any music yet out on streaming platform, just by going on Instagram. That's, that's the beauty of social media. Like you can literally build your own brand, build your, you know, whatever career you're working in, you can build that up through social media. And it's free. You do it from your home. You know, that's, that's, that's awesome. So that's great. Yeah. You've been studying, 
you know, Drake obviously just dropped new music. We've been seeing a lot of music dropping during this pandemic because I feel like it's not, it's such a great time to do it with everyone just sitting, waiting, looking to take something in. But I know you have yeah. new music that you were, that you've been working on with Fred the Godson and um, yes. may rest in peace to him. You know, I have to ask you about your relationship with him. I know I saw the post on his social media that he had the coronavirus. And then of course, um, the awful news that he passed away. You know, I'm curious to know your relationship with him because you, you look like you work with, or seem like you work with, learn from, grow from so many people in the industry already. I'm sure he had to have been someone that was a mentor in, in that aspect for you. Yeah, so in the 2015, my first performance was at the Outer Space of Connecticut, and I opened up for him. And he liked the way it was, and then he took me on tour with him for the Anything's Possible tour. And that's where I opened up with him and a guy named Issa. Issa I Am is on Instagram, which is from Atlanta. And that tour spawned it off with Tory Lanez. And this was right before Tory Lanez popped with the song uh, Say It. Mm. So... It all came with Fred the Godson, and he liked me, and he was rocking with me, and he liked my bars. But I told him, I said, listen, I don't want to come back out with any music because I want to be at your level and get to the other greats' levels. Well, he said, well, in order to do that, you have to get better. So I said, well, in order to get better, I got to take four years off. So during the four years, instead of me coming out to the world, I've been talking with him back and forth, oh, wow. and he has been giving me, you know, criticism and constructive criticism. And then now, after four years of getting better, I said, yo, I got this song, and I think it's a hit. Man, I want you on it. He was like, let me hear it. And then he heard it. He was like, it's different. I like it. Cool, no problem. He dropped his verse to it. I vibe with him, and then I was going to put it out. He said, no, let's shoot the music video first. He said, after we shoot the music video, I want you to meet Jarrell Ortiz, because I'm a huge Jarrell Ortiz fan from Slaughterhouse. And, mm -hmm. But unfortunately, all that stuff is not going to happen, because God rest his soul, he passed away. So what are you going to do now with the music? I mean, you already have, the song is done. You just didn't have a yeah, video. So, so, I, that's so I don't want to give everything away just yet, but I'm releasing the song within the next week and a half, two weeks, and I have a different style of promotion coming with it. So that's going to be real interesting to see. But I'm releasing the song within a week and a half, two weeks. Okay, okay, I'm excited to hear it. I'm looking forward to it. That'll, that'll be, you know what? That's the best way to really honor his legacy, too. You know, you guys are already going to put the song out. It's not like you're putting it out without his um, permission or whatever, but you guys are already planning to release the song. So why not continue to just move forward with that and continue his legacy in that way? And I'm sure so many people will be excited to be able to hear him, hear his music, hear what he was working on. Oh, man. So yes. what's the... What's the um, what else are you working on in terms of music right now, since you are in this period of pause? I'm sure you've been grinding more than ever. Yes, there's an artist out in Jamaica named Lisiana. I have a song, Jamaican song, coming with her. That's coming out really soon. Uh, I have other music that's already recorded that's coming out. I have other songs coming with artists from the UK, a male and a female. I got a song coming with another artist out in Canada. So I got a whole bunch of music. Another song coming out with an artist. We're doing an actual EP. My boy out in Jersey, he's an R&B singer. We're going to do a seven-song EP. So as soon as COVID is over with, I have like four or five EPs that's me featuring somebody else that I'm dropping all at one time. I'm just here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look at you. That's so exciting. How? I mean, 
And the the thing that I got from all that is you're working with artists from all over the world. Like you have people that it's not just people in New York. It's not just people even in the tri-state area. Like you're working with people that are all throughout the world. But now you have different types of music with that too, because I feel like every artist, but depending on their background, brings a different element of music to to the the songs they're writing, their their even their voice. So what kind of you know in terms of who you are as an artist, you know as a songwriter, as a rapper, what's the the brand beyond behind you that you always try to bring out with every piece of content music interview conversation ig live whatever it is that you're doing like who is way that and who are you trying to promote to your listeners and your audience great well my all-time favorite artist of all time who i feel personally is the greatest artist of all time contrary to what people may feel oh boy is chris brown <laughs> It's oh. my boy Chris Brown, CV. Okay. Uh, so when I listen to Chris Brown, if you listen to his album, every song sounds different. He's pop over here. He's saucing over here. He's rapping over here. He's singing sexually over here. So every time I make a song and you're here, every time you hear my music, every beat, the way I rap, every song, every hook is going to sound different. I want to sound like a whole new artist every time you hear me. Like, you don't even know it's me. Mm -hmm. You're like, is that him? Is that him? I never want to say, you know my sound. You're not even going to know it's me. If you close your eyes and you listen, you're not even going to know it's me. Every song I want to sound completely different. I never want to make any song that sounds the same of any song. So if I drop an album this year and I drop another one in 2030, no song on this album is going to sound like the song in 2030. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to do. I respect that because I feel like that's something that like Chris Brown, Drake, the, the artists that are most successful with their careers and, and have the ability to have timeless music, that's exactly what they're creating. Like every single album, every single song does sound different. Whereas there are some artists that every, even down to like the beat always sounds the same. And you're like, oh, that's just, yes. <laughs> that's just whoever, same. fill in the blank, doing what they do. Like it's always the same type of beat and same types of lyrics and stuff. So the artists that, and also beyond just having timeless music, you're now reaching different audiences. So that's something that I know some people will say, oh, they're, they're, they're changing, they're different, they're switching up. No, you got to be able to appeal to every artist. Pop music compared to rap music, compared you know, to R&B music, you get different types of people that will listen and tune into that. So I respect that. That makes complete sense. And I mean, that sounds like exactly what you are looking to do with the new music that you have coming out. So why music? I mean, what even got you started, not even just back in 2015, but before that, was has music always been a big part of you? Like your, your childhood, were you that kid singing in the living room, putting on concerts? Do you have family members that, are, that have inspired it? You know, where did this all really come from and begin? Well, you know, my pastor, my, my grandfather was a pastor and he was my pastor and everybody else's pastor. And growing up, I was always the pastor's grandson. Right. Mm. So performing in church on youth choir, shepherd's choir, male chorus, I've always entertained. I've always been the guy with the microphone, you know, entertaining. And it stayed there, stayed in church and church only. And wanting to be a rapper where I'm from, everybody wanted to do it. It was never my thing. When I was growing up, I don't know if you know the rapper Papoose, which is Remy Ma's husband. Yep. He grew up on Chauncey Street. I grew up on Decatur, Highway to Saratoga. Well, right there, Saratoga's down there. You come down on Decatur, it goes into Chauncey. 
So every time I go to the laundromat, I've seen Pat Boots. I used to get my hair cut with Fabulous. Now, Fabulous was popping. He had a song out with Little Mo. He'll still come to the barbershop right there on Ralph and Bainbridge to Sean. So I was always around rappers, but rap was never my thing. Mm. You know, so I was always around high lyricism, bars. And then growing up, I loved Cassidy. And Cassidy spit bars, even though he's from Philly. I love Big L. God rest his soul. He passed away. I love Big L. So I've always grown up with bars and understanding entendres and everything like that. But it wasn't my niche to start rapping. How I wanted to start rapping was one day I was in the mall. And when I was in the mall, I was rapping for fun. This And I was actually in Oregon. And these girls came up to me. Oh my God, oh my God, can I get your autograph? I was like, autograph for what? <laughs> I'm confused. You're a rapper. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not a rapper. I'm just rapping with my boy. And they said, well, if you're not a rapper, you need to become one because you're really good. Wow. So <laughs> I, went, I, went, I went home to my mom, right? And I said, mom, now this happened in Oregon. My mom was back on the East Coast. When I came back home to my mom about two months later, I said, mom, I want to be a rapper. She looked at me and kind of laughed a little because my mom, funny story, my mom grew up with LL Cool J. They grew up together. Oh, yeah, she seen him. Yeah, she's seen him rise. Like, they lived next door to each other. So when I told her that, she was like, well, you got to be in great shape. You got to be in amazing shape. Because L.O. Cool J was in amazing shape. And then her favorite rap was Tupac. So she said, you got to oh, talk yeah. about something. So now she's comparing me to Tupac and L.O. Cool J. So <laughs> I got a little discouraged. and like, maybe rap isn't for me. So she's my toughest critic because... Every time I put out a song or make a song, she's comparing me to these two guys. Wow. That's setting the bar high. <laughs> well, you're supposed to compare me to, like, little Uzi. <laughs> yeah. That's setting the bar high, though. That's, that's, that's funny that that was her response. Like, uh, but LL Cool J has a six-pack. He's got this. He's got that. He's, and Tupac's got this. And they're like, well, ma, that's not what, I'm, not what I was <laughs> thinking. Great. I'm just trying to that's be a rapper. Great. I'm just trying to be my own rapper. That's, That's it. So where does Way come from? Is that a nickname? Is that, you know, is that like your no. stage name? Is How did you even? Yeah, so everybody knows Way, W-A-Y. I spell it W-A-E. And how I came up with that name is no matter what path you want to go down, no matter what's your journey, no matter if it's negative, no matter if it's positive, whatever your journey, whatever your path is, that's your way. So I'm with you every step. I like that. And what I like about him even more is the fact that it's just one name, because I feel like most true artists that are successful, like you're setting yourself up here. Most true artists that are successful just have one name, Drake, Tupac. Well, Biggie had multiple names, but um, like if you look at, at the, the Beyonce, like you don't, you don't, Rihanna, you don't call them by first and last names. It's just whoever, whatever the name is. So way, yes. just that one name, quick hit. That's dope. So where can our listeners follow you to keep up with all that you've got going on, especially as you're dropping new music? You know, you're, it's only big things to come from here for you. So where can they keep up with you on your music career? They can keep up with me on all streaming platforms, over 60, actually. All uh, you got to do is type in Way, W-A-E. And I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm just on Instagram at Grandson of Bed-Stuy, which is Grandson of B-E-D, 
S T U I. And I want to say this too, because the pet peeve for me, for other artists, if you DM me, if you inbox me, if you go in my comments, I do respond to everybody. I don't have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers where I'm so busy I can't respond. I respond back to everybody quick, fast, fast, fast. So if you hit me up at 210. There's no way I don't wait you back up by 2.15. Even if I'm asleep, I feel something and go, ooh, what? okay. <laughs> and I just wake up. <laughs> I just wake up and do it. And I want to and I want to throw out there, whoever want to do a song with me, I do not charge. I do not charge to do a song with. So I want to throw that out there. I do not charge. I do it for free. So that's it. It's all about the music. I don't even know. I mean, that's interesting that people charge. I didn't know about that. I'm not hip to the music industry like that. Listen, hold on. I got to tell you. Now, followers don't mean anything. Just because you have a lot of following doesn't yeah. make you better than nobody else. Right. Let's put it like this. I got about, this story I'm going to tell you, I got about 7,000 more followers than the person that I'm talking about. <laughs> they hit me up and said they want to do a song with me. I said, okay, let's do the song. They told me, I'm going to charge you $2,500. So that's why I put it out there, I do songs for free. Because people may think I charge, because people out here charging crazy do songs. I do not charge. Everything is F-R-E-E. So I just want to throw that out there. Free 99. That's right. That's crazy. That's sad. I do actually know there have been people that I would invite them onto my show. And not as much now, but yeah. back when I first got started, and they would ask, like, okay, how much are you going to pay us? And I'm like, what? <laughs> pay you? I don't get paid oh, for really? this. See? Yeah. I mean, everyone's always looking for a dollar. And my thing is, like, like, okay, I agree there's something, some work you should get paid for. But some things you, you got to just do just to promote yourself, just to be, just to get your face out there, just to get your work out there. I'm like, to be on my show for 20 minutes or however long, I'm not paying you. And it's not even like you're driving anywhere or coming to a studio. Like, you just pick up your phone. I'm going to pay you to pick up your phone and talk about yourself? Nah. Yeah, so that's, that's the world we live in, though. Everybody's looking for, their, for a handout or a check. But, and you're uh, not Drake. You're not Drake. No. Yeah, I'm not paying you're you not unless. Drake. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not paying you unless you better be, you better be bringing, you better be on that level. Drake, Beyonce, is somebody that is worth getting paid. Yeah, yes. man, yes. that's just sad. But look, I thank you for taking time. This time flew by, um, but I appreciate you for taking time to join us on the show this week. You know, I, my last. Oh, question it's over it already. Oh, sorry. Boy. I have one last question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you you you're still working. You're grinding. You know, what would your uh, message be to someone else that's getting started like yourself where you have people you talk I mean you didn't have as many naysayers you have people in your corner but maybe someone that's getting started doubting themselves so busy comparing themselves to other whether it's in music sports whatever other people that are more established to just get going and get you know start building their own career like you've been doing stumped you no, no, no. I, I want to make sure I choose my words wisely. Okay. Respect that. I want to make sure I choose my words wisely. What I would say is believe in yourself. And I want to expand on that real quick. Family, just because they're family, doesn't mean they're going to 
support you and always be in your corner. Amen. Just because, just because they're your friends or your best friends or you're in a relationship with someone doesn't mean they're going to be in your corner financially, emotionally. So you got to make sure you believe in yourself. It is highly, highly, highly important. If you want to be great, you can continue to put music out there and get criticized for it, or you can take the route that I took, put no music out there, critique yourself, then put it out there because it's going to get critiqued anyway, but at least you feel comfortable with it yourself. So that's the advice I would give out. I like that. And that's something I think a lot of people struggle with is understanding that just because someone is a relative or has known you your whole life or has, you know, whatever, not everybody's in your corner. So you got to look for your, you got to look to be your own advocate and also be your own toughest critic. You know, it shouldn't come from someone else. Huh. I, I, that's, that's good stuff. But yes, the interview is unfortunately already at the end. Um, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you, Wei, taking time to join the show this week and talk about your career. I'm excited to see what, what you've got going on. I'm excited to hear you do music. But thanks for being here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. So one day we can look back and remember when you were here, when your name isn't up there with the greats. So it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Renee. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Turn off the news. We're spilling the beans with Michaela McNuff on the latest news, music, and culture. What is up, y'all? How is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a safe and blessed Memorial Day weekend. Whether you was, you know, cooking it up on the grill or playing it safe at home, that's all right. My name is Michaela McNuff, and we are spilling the beans on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Now, today we're getting into some drama around a Florida pastor who was arrested. My God, yes, y'all, arrested for failing to comply with the COVID-19 safety protocols. Now, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown was charged with two misdemeanors on March 30th for disobeying the state's health emergency rules. Now, I'm not going to lie, I had to get all up in the business for this one because <laughs> although I understand the necessity of staying home to prevent the spread of COVID, I'm going to just say, y'all, I love me some Jesus. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> amen, Pastor. I do not blame you. So, we are going to get into the nitty gritty on the details of this story and just kind of dig into exactly what took place. So, according to the Tampa Bay Times, Pastor Brown continued to hold Sunday services despite the orders and restrictions that were meant to limit the spread of the coronavirus. In fact, if you guys go ahead and take a look at the article, the state's attorney, Andrew Warren, described Pastor Brown's behavior as inappropriate and irresponsible. He then continued to say that the arrest was an appropriate step taken by law enforcement to immediately correct irresponsible behavior. Okay, so I'm going to get right into this, y'all, because if there was ever a time to get close to God, if there was ever a time to be in the sanctuary and praise, it's a time like now, honey, because this coronavirus is running rampant, and, you know, it, this virus does not have a name on it. 
you know, as much as we try our best to wash our hands and be safe, there is nothing wrong with a little bit of prayer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. So the fact that he described his behavior as inappropriate just really kind of took me back because I think that we have to be very mindful and respectful when it comes to religion, you know. So for me to say, okay, well, okay, you're praising God. That's inappropriate. You know what I mean? You see how that sounds like that sounds kind of that sounds kind of off to me. I feel like, you know, he could have been more sensitive with his words, you know, when addressing the incident. Now, I want to know what you guys think. I'm really curious to know what you guys think. How has the coronavirus affected your way of worshiping? If you are a believer and if you do have a church family, how has this affected you and your church family? Um, Because I see now a lot of churches are transitioning, you know, thank God for social media. I see a lot of pastors on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Um, with my church, personally, we have what's called parking lot praise. And let me tell you, we went from inside the church to we took it to the streets. We're in the parking lot. <laughs> but that's quite all right because what we do is pastor just have, uh, he'll have us park our cars a certain way. He'll bring the altar out. And we're still able to have church while also following the protocols, you know, of the law and of the, you know, this COVID thing. You know, we're able to follow those protocols. So I'm curious to know what you guys think about this. Do you think that this arrest was a little too harsh? um do you think that it was politically motivated what do you guys think um when I was taking a look at the article I actually did see that pastor Rodney Howard Brown his attorney felt like the arrest was politically motivated that they were just using that as a statement and you know it can go either way I I definitely see why he would feel that way and again y'all you know I do not blame him at all for continuing to have services Now, don't get me wrong, we still want to make sure we're following the protocols, but there are other ways around it. For instance, you know, we can you can separate the um, the chairs during church service, have them a little bit more separated, give you some more space or you can require everyone to bring a mask. You know, there's different ways around it. So I definitely feel like this arrest was a little too harsh. I think that especially with um, Rodney Howard Brown, he's a big pastor, so he's considered a public figure. So um, I could definitely see why they would feel like this arrest is politically motivated. But I want to know what you guys think. Um, Go ahead and hashtag all up in the business. Tag me on Instagram and Facebook at Anchor McNuff. Let me know how you feel about this arrest and let me know how has COVID-19 affected your way of being in the church or you know how how has this virus um caused you to make major changes what is your new normal okay so you guys go ahead and hit me up i would love to hear back from you guys and as always come on and listen to us next week you know where we are beyond the headlines with renee washington every wednesday at 12 p.m eastern time i will talk to you guys soon You are tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM for a new episode every Wednesday starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. And that is a wrap. We have come to the end of another episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, and your streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode, especially with all the new changes that we have, the new segments, the new sounds. We started the show off with Brandon Scoopy Robinson talking about the last dance, having had a chance to talk to current and former NBA players. So he shared a lot of perspective and inside scoop on the show. As a senior writer of Heavy.com and host of Scoopy Radio Podcast, join the show. He's also celebrating a birthday 
Thursday. So you know we got to do it, right? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That's all you get. Um, but <laughs> happy birthday, Brandon Scooby Robinson. And then in our Positive Vibes Only segment, you heard from Way, the artist from Brooklyn, New York, talking about his career, working with some of the greatest in the industry, like the late Fred the Godson, his new music. You had a chance to hear his song earlier at halftime, Distinct, and you're going to get a chance to hear another one of his songs, Figures, featuring Fred the Godson. Then our three segments, we started off with Will's Update, where Will Morgan was joined by Tracy Murray, who was a former guest on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington back in the fall. He was back this week to talk about the last dance, having played in the 90s, won a championship in 95 with the Rockets, playing against, playing against Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s to share a perspective on the 10-episode series as a former player. Also having played and coached alongside of Kobe Bryant, talking about the late Kobe Bryant and, his, and him finding out about the tragic news around the helicopter accident. Then we also heard from Grant Swit and Grant's quick takes about some things that are going on in sports, specifically around the NFL with Antonio Brown and Colin Kaepernick, and in spilling the beans with Michaela McNuff. Michaela talked about all the craziness going on in Florida around the Florida pastor that was just trying to have some church. You know, I will say, honestly, a lot of news I hear that doesn't make sense, that makes me raise an eyebrow, and it's like, huh? usually comes from Florida. So no knock on anyone that lives in Florida, but y'all have a lot of crazy things that happen in Florida, alligator stories and things like that, that I just don't hear about in any of the other 49 states or anywhere else in the world for that matter. It's always Florida. So before we close the show, I do want to say, guys, continue to be safe. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know the weather has been beautiful. We finally can get down. This is pool weather, beach weather, cookout weather. But also, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So please continue to be safe, not congregating in large groups. Like I saw sad pictures of on the boardwalk and the beaches and block parties and all type of stuff that were getting shut down or just had too many people in too close of a space. So enjoy this. Enjoy this summer. Enjoy this time. But be safe about it because our health matters most. And then have a great rest of your week. We've got Way with his song to close down episode 42 with the late Fred the Godson called Figures. Check it out on all streaming platforms too. But of course, you'll get to hear right here first on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week as we close out the month of May. My goodness. Did we just start May? What happened to it? Where did it go? We are closing out the month of May here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. And I look forward to seeing you guys right back here next Wednesday for another exciting new episode on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, and your streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. I will see you guys later live on my Instagram each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time at Renee P. Washington on my Instagram. so we can continue the conversation with some of these these guests, actually. So have a great day. Way with figures featuring the late Fred the Godson. Take it away.
watching her while she twerk. She watching me with a smirk. Maybe it's the chain on the shirt. Maybe. I don't know, it's strange, cause I've been searching for a love like this Or should I say lust, might lie so she can lie in my bed that we can trust I look at him, point at a couple, that could be us She laughing as she walk past, I grab her, what's the rush? What's the rush? She says she wanted to be cuffed Well call me Officer Gordo I know these niggas love you, I can offer you more so just give me a number I can call so I'm about to offer her proceeds from her torso So I can feel that belly ring that's hanging from her torso Yo, wait, know how that ball go Know how that ball go The way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that The way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that The way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that The way that you walking and moving and going and Destiny beyond, say we all know. No, you got a halo, but no angel when you on the pole. There we go, Fisher, you get left irreplaceable. Point four, I got it, eight. Money monodecimal. Seats get reserved, but your pockets lacking federal. Knew that we be ill, but you didn't have no medical. Yeah, you had injections, so I guess that's hypocritical. Need a small samples like your client, <laughs> mineral. I know it's kinda crazy, lazy, I've been McGrady. Never ask him, always found that kinda shady. I know that I'm a side, but even mash needs a gravy. See the way I stun her, she ain't even have a baby. All she see is dollar signs and nah, that ain't wavy. This red fox, I ain't listen, Fred, you try to tell me. Her godson said she was a hoe and that was Telly. <laughs> yeah, that was Telly. The way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that. Uh, the way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that. Uh, the way that you walking and looking and going and moving, I'm saying like that. Uh, the way that you walking and moving and going and yeah.